0: Hey folks, Joe Lowry here. In case you didn't already notice, this is a special episode in the TSS feed. It's an episode of the new podcast that myself and the folks at Backheeled.com have started called The Backheeled Show. On The Backheeled Show, we're putting out daily fun coverage of the USMNT and American soccer. You'll be seeing a few of these episodes pop up in the TSS and Soccer 101 feeds. This episode is a look at Greg Berhalter's tactical approach or lack thereof. If you enjoy it, you can follow The Back Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, that's enough preamble for me. Let's get to the episode. It's everywhere. You read what people write about it. You watch people illustrating it on YouTube. You listen to people like me talk about it on podcasts. We have a fascination with U.S. Men's National Team Manager Greg Berhalter and his system, his tactical approach, his philosophy, his style of play, Whatever you want to call it. Today, I want to ask, what is Greg Berhalter's system? Does it even exist? And how will the U.S. play in the World Cup? I'm Joe Lowry, and welcome to the Backfield Show, where we bring you unique conversations and coverage of the U.S. men's national team ahead of and during the World Cup. And we do it all in 10 minutes or less. So hang out with us while you drink your morning coffee or take your afternoon walk or while you contemplate how those U.S. jerseys actually made it to stores because they're just that bad. Here at Backfield, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So, I'm not going to hold us up any longer. Let's talk soccer. To help me try to make sense of the USMNT's tactical setup, I called up Greg Velasquez from the Scuff podcast. Now, I've taken a lot of US soccer coverage, almost certainly too much. And I can say that Greg's analysis is some of the absolute best out there. He's watched more, thought more, and drawn more convincing conclusions about the United States men's national team than probably anyone I know. So let's pick his brain. I'm now joined by Greg Velasquez from the scuffed podcast. Greg, thanks for being here. Hey, Joe, happy to be here, man. What a
1: journey we've been on this cycle.
0: <laughs> it has been a journey. And Before we get into that journey in more detail and we get into Greg Baralther and his system, I want to ask you sort of a tactics terminology question. Those words get everybody excited, believe me. Yes. Tactics terminology. <laughs> when folks talk about a system, because we do talk about it a lot, what are they talking about? I think that term gets thrown around and is used to mean different things and maybe it it doesn't actually mean. what is Greg, what is a system in a soccer context? So, I mean, you're t- you're
1: talking about what your game model is, right? And the way you want to play. And I feel like we all have to start agreeing ahead of time before we even have a discussion what we mean for our particular conversation sure. that we're going to have in that exact moment, what we mean. Because there's a lot of uh, criticism thrown at Burhalter and his adherence to the system and his selections that are based around the system. And, and you conflate like different meanings for the word system for each of those conversations. So you do have to separate it out and be very specific about what you're talking about for that one conversation you're having in that moment.
0: So let's then, if we, you and I can agree, Greg, in this conversation, let's agree to talk about the system as the game model, not necessarily the shape or any of those particular aspects, but about how Greg Berhalter wants to go about playing soccer. And with that in mind, as long as you're cool with that, I'm taking your silence as a yes. Let's look (laughs) back. Let's look back to September. So not too long ago, before we go way, way back, because we're going to do that in a second. What were some of the things running through your mind when you watched the U.S. play and you watched whatever version of the system unfold back in September in the loss against Japan, the draw against Saudi Arabia? What stood out to you as you watched those games? What
1: stood out to me in Japan was how ineffective we were at playing within the system, about applying whatever the system was onto the field of play and executing. Even within the game then, there were knock-on effects to our failure um, that sort of just compounded everything that we've kind of feel terrible about for that 90 minutes.
0: What specifically did you notice was going wrong? Like what was the system that you observed or or maybe the attempted system that the U.S. was trying to use in that particular game against Japan? So
1: it, it looked like we were trying to, you know, do the normal things we associate with Greg Berhalter with the ball, right? We were trying to pass our way through Japan's pressure, maintaining control. Not We weren't trying to create 50-50s, which we've done for Berhalter by design in certain games. But in this game, it, we clearly were not trying to create like uh, scramble ball moments, right? We weren't trying to create loose ball situations that we would then give ourselves an edge to win. We were trying to play a very controlled possession game up the field. Uh, and we had almost no, no success doing that, like almost none. Without the ball, we like to be able to set a high line of confrontation, bait a team into you know, certain areas of the field, and then try to pressure them into turnovers high up the field. And because of the lack of success that we had on the ball uh, in our buildup, we never could create those situations where we could then try to turn defense into attack. So it was just like a, a runaway greenhouse effect of failure, effectively. Within within. I mean, uh, uh, that sounds catastrophic, but I just mean within like the system, you had early failures in possession that led to later failures of, of application for like our defensive model. And so the whole game ended up being a pretty large mess for the US in terms of preparation for the World Cup.
0: So the thing I think you're, you're grabbing onto there and something that I've grabbed onto and other people have as well is this idea that Berhalter back on day one, right, December of 2018 is talking about how he wants the U.S. to disorganize the opponent with the ball and create chances using that possession setup. Greg, how do we connect the dots between Berhalter saying that he wants to do that stuff and the actual product that we've seen on the field? Is there an explanation that, that the system is not working? Is there an adherence to the system? Does the system, capital S, even exist at this point?
1: I mean, I mean, it does, it exists in the sense that, you know, he's with the ball. He has almost, Oh, almost always tried to possess his way into chances with, you know, with the soccer ball. And that was constant from 2019 onward. Um, He's, he's tweaked it. He's adjusted it. There are games, you know, specific games where he has moved away from that style of possession, like we talked about and leaned more towards lower percentage uh, decisions on the soccer ball. But what, what it says to me is, you know, the, the system is certainly, uh, if it's going to succeed in, in the possession style that he tried to do against Japan, then it is heavily, heavily personnel dependent. And, and this is where I get into, like, at that point, it, it feels less like the capital S system to me. Because when I think of the successful capital S systems, they're successful in the sense that if you're missing a player, you find a player with a similar profile. They're going to be worse, but uh, they'll have a similar profile. And you plug them in. And then you will have a slightly worse product than what you had, but it will be readily identifiable as a similar system, you know, outcome. And, and that's not what we had at all against Japan. All right? Like that, that system that we saw with, without Tim Wea, without Jedi Robinson, without Musa, it wasn't like, oh, this is kind of like what we saw in our home world, Qu- world cup qualifier against Costa Rica, but, but just a little bit worse. Like it was, it, it had fell off a cliff. Right. So, so for me at that point, this, the capital S system, is no longer a feature. What you have is you have a very good 11 and you can have a, a way that you can instruct that 11 to play uh, that might be successful. But when you're missing those players, you can't just rely on the the drilling that you've done within the system to solve your problems for you.
0: I'm thinking ahead to the World Cup here, Greg, and trying to imagine how the U.S. is going to go out and play against Wales and against England, against Iran. Are you confident that you you know how the U.S. is going to come out in those games? Are you confident that, that they're going to come out and play with the ball and try to do the things that brought said way back on day one about disorganizing the opponent with the ball. Or are we going to see either a flawed version of that initial system or sort of in a, an abandonment of that altogether to go back to you've referenced it a couple of times, but some of the games against Mexico, what are we going to see? And, and is the fact that we don't know the answer to that a problem? Uh,
1: I don't think it has to be a problem that we don't know the answer um, because what we can say for sure is that Berhalter is willing to be pragmatic and, and the times that he has, shown that most clearly have been in, you know, moments that call for pragmatism, uh, for lack of a non tautological way of saying it, because they were knockout games, right? They were elimination competitive games. They were the Nations League final against Mexico. It was the Gold Cup final against Mexico, right? In those games, the World Cup qualifying matches, where it's not a friendly. This is like, I need a result here. And when we have played games where we needed a result, and the game called for that kind of a shift tactically, Burhalter has shifted tactically, so there's no reason to think that he wouldn't do this in a World Cup. That he would sort of go out on his, you know, positional play shield, uh, so to speak. So I don't, I don't think that I'm not particularly worried that that will happen. Um, I'm worried that in games that do call for the the capital S system, because some games will call for that. Like you can't just choose to play against the ball against another team that doesn't want to have the soccer ball. Um, so the the worry is, will we be able to execute? in those games where we actually do need to see that system play successfully.
0: Greg, I think we solved this for sure, right? Everybody thinks we <laughs> solved it. Listeners, you, you, you all, I'm sure, think we solved this. Greg, thank you so much for joining me to talk through all of this stuff, whether the system has a capital S, a lowercase s, or, or doesn't exist at all. I appreciate you taking time to come and talk tactics, ta- talk tactics with me.
1: Appreciate you, Joe. Appreciate what you do for the uh, for the U.S. men's national team discourse.
0: Before I let you go, Greg, where can people find your work? There'll be a link to follow you on Twitter in the show notes. But what else do you want to plug before we get out of here?
1: I think anyone who's listening uh, probably knows that we're on scuffed pod. I don't need, I, Joe. I don't actually even know the the handles. Uh, just <laughs> dig into the, the replies to Joe Lowry and you'll find me. You'll find Adam Bells uh, and you'll you'll encounter us along the way.
0: Boom. You'll encounter Greg and the rest of the Scuffed Crew. That's it for this episode of the Backheel show. If you're looking for more American soccer coverage, check out backheel.com for stories on the USMNT, the World Cup, and much, much more.